Welcome to the To Faithful Men podcast. This project started in 2006 to preserve old sermon and study tapes of Wiley Flanagan, Hassel Wallace, and Mike Strevel. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. In the 16th chapter of Numbers, we are talking about the, the judgment of God upon Korah uh, and Dathan and Abiram, who led insurrection against uh, uh, Moses and Aaron. And the earth, we had uh, made the point that the earth opened up her mouth and swallowed them up, their houses their family, all their possessions. And the scripture says that they perished from among the congregation. Now, they were the ringleaders, the 250 men who were heads of families, who were well-renowned men. Uh, They were leaders, elders, respected men of the uh, of the children of Israel. And here's what happened. And there came out fire from the Lord and consumed the 250 men that offered the strange incense. Now, the fire came from God. It consumed them. It devoured them. Now, it didn't annihilate them. See, that, uh, we want to make two or three points together. We want to kind of sew this thing up, see, as we, as we go through this. All right. In uh, 2 Kings chapter 1, you have a story of uh, the king of Samaria having injured himself. He was a sick man, and uh, he fell through the attic through the house, lattice work. And, uh, well, he was sick and he was well, thought he was going to die or he afraid he was. He won't find out uh, where to make his last will and testament, how to make out his will and everything. So he sends some messengers to an uh, idol god. Uh, and on, as these messengers were on their way, why, the Lord said, Elijah, go up and, and hail these old boys and, and find out, if you deliver this message, tell him, tell those messengers that no use for him to go see that God. He can't hear anyway. Doesn't know anything. He says, you go back and tell Ahaziah that he is going to die on his bed. That he's not going to get well. Well, these Westerners turned around and went back. Old Azar, man, he, he got mad. He said, uh, he said, what are you back so soon for? He said, well, we met a man and that man said you was going to die. He said, we figured we're no use to go any further. Well, why did you listen to the, uh, uh, a man? I told you to go and talk to the gods. And, uh, and, and you know, Elijah made an impression on those two men. And Ahaziah said, well, what did he look like? How was he dressed? 
And when they described his appearance, well, old Elzai knew there wasn't another man in all the world that'd meet that description except Elijah. And Elijah had sent him, and he was a terror, you see, to to the kings of of the of Israel. Well, uh, so when when uh, Elijah. Uh, sent this message there was two captains there was two men uh, a man that had 50 men with him went out to uh, uh, arrest Elijah you see the king sent him said now look you take you take 50 men with you and you go get Elijah and bring him here and well the scripture says when they said, uh, uh, Thou man of God, the king has said, Come, go with us. This is uh, First Kings, first cha- Second Kings, the first chapter, and verse 10. And uh, verse 9, Thou man of God, the king has said, Come down. Verse 10, Elijah answered and said to the captain of fifty, If I be a man of God, then let fire come down from heaven and consume thee and thy fifty. And there came down fire from heaven and consumed him and his fifty men. Now, what we're doing, we're what kind of fire is going to destroy this earth? This heaven. This is the same fire. This is the kind of fire. Look at verse 11. Again, uh, Ahaziah sent Unto him another captain of fifty, with his fifty. And he answered and said unto him, O man of God, thus the king said, Come down quickly. Now the other man and the fifty, the man said, uh, The kings told you to come down. But now this time, after having lost these fifty-one men by this fire from heaven, uh, as I says, come down quickly. And Elijah answered and said unto them, If I be a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume thee and thy fifty. And the fire of God, notice verse 12, the fire of God came down from heaven and consumed him and his fifty. Now in Job, one, the first no, uh, uh, now it, it 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 may involve lightning. Lightning, uh, you're going to find that that there's going to be a, an explosion in this deal too. This fire, but see, the going to clear that you're talking about what? Yeah, really. yeah. See, uh, the fire. You see, Peter said the heavens are going to pass away, melt with fervent heat, with a great noise. Now, there's going to be an explosion in it, too. See, just as lightning strikes uh, the the earth, though, it's going to be just like a... Uh, this earth is said by many scientists uh, to uh, the center of it to be nothing but fire. Well, we know that uh, for years, thousands of years, volcanic uh, reaction, just fire being erupted and boiling, just 
just lava coming out, just uh, spewing out, been rolling down out of places for over a thousand years. Back in the days of Plato, he wrote about Mount Etna and in Sicily and all other Greece and, and India, all of the uh, um, countries, there are volcanoes. Uh, I saw one. I got up close as I could, just fire running out of uh, every now and then. And you can tell by the atmospheric conditions, they fly over it, and they have some way of telling when something's going to happen. And, and they told us that when the thing was going to uh, spill over, you know. Well, we went out there. It was uh, in Hawaiian Islands. And I saw it run down to that. I, I tell you, I, I didn't want too close. But now, Peter says that this earth is reserved under fire. This earth. In other words, fire is being kept, stored up. And someday God's going to let it loose. That's what I'm talking about. That's the reason why I say, what kind of fire is going to destroy this earth? Boy, it's not going to be set afire with some gas. And, uh, and oil. It's not an oil well going to catch fire and, and, and burn the ground and the water. Oh no. We've seen that this is fire from heaven. It's a fire of God went forth. Alright, look at Job, the first chapter. Uh, the, Job's boys and girls was having a, uh, a, a kind of a, a, a family get together at the oldest son's house. And while they were eating and, and drinking and having a, a family reunion, why, a messenger came. And uh, in verse 14, it says, And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plying, and the asses feeding beside them. Now, see, things normal, natural, were nothing out of the ordinary. And the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only and am escaped alone to tell thee. And while he was speaking, and verse 16 is a verse we want to notice. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thee fire of God is fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them and I only and am escaped alone to tell thee. Now brother that's that's how fire uh, that's, that's some examples uh, about this fire that Peter's talking about. Now, in Revelation, uh, chapter, uh, what is it? Chapter, uh, 20 and verse 9. And they went upon the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Now, is there any, nearly every man that uh, writes on Revelation, 
tells you that all oh, that's figurative fire. Now, well, if it is, it devours. But I don't think it's uh, uh, that it's. I think it's material fire. That is, God uses it. It comes from God, and it destroyed these that went up after the Satan was loosed. You see, you have fire coming down from God out of him. If fire came down on Sodom, if fire came down on uh, uh, the sons of uh, of uh, Aaron, the two hundred and fifty princes and uh, the two companies of 50 with our captains and the fire came down on the sheep and the servants that were taking care of the sheep. If that was literal, could this not be just as literal? I believe that there's going to be fire. I believe this earth is going to uh, melt with fervent heat and pass away. Now, the reason I say that and the reason I brought this in is because men like Dr. Owens, Dr. Matthew Henry and all these uh, Barnes and uh, Adam Clark, men who say that this this figurative, uh, that the heavens means uh, uh, refers to religion, and earth refers to the things of the earth. Now, uh, when they say the uh, the earth, they say that that's uh, really Judaism, and the heaven is the church. They make it figurative meaning that that the destruction of Judaism is what meant is what is meant, and the destruction. And the new heaven is the gospel dispensation. Well, if uh, if that's true, if that's proper, let's look at uh, Peter again, uh, the third chapter of Second uh, Peter, and then how how am I to understand this passage here? Uh, All right, let's, uh, well, we can start almost anywhere, but uh, let's start with verse 4. Notice the verse 4 is the objection of the mockers uh, pertaining to the coming of Christ. And here's what they said. And saying, the scoffer said, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Now, if I'm to understand this judgment to be figurative, see, to be non-literal, and if I'm to understand this judgment to be on a religion like Judaism, how is that going to answer the question of these scoffers? The scoffers didn't have religion in mind, Judaism in mind. The scoffers didn't have uh, uh, Christianity in mind. They were objecting and saying, well now, oh, we don't believe Christ's coming back. Why? Because all things continue in the world. So it wasn't the passing away of Judaism. 
Judaism could, had already passed away. The church age had already begun. Jesus had already said upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And Peter, now notice, Peter is saying in, uh, uh, in verse 12, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God. Looking for. Now what Peter is looking for is something in the future at the time he was writing this epistle. Looking for and hastening the coming of the Son of God. See? Now that's why. And he anticipated the, the coming with gladness, with joy. Well now then, uh, Peter's not anticipating the coming of Judaism or the decease of Judaism or the coming of Christianity, or the demise of Christianity. But they tell me that that this uh, earth melting is Judaism passing out of existence. Well, now, I just don't believe that. And when it says the heavens, the new heavens, well, that, that's a gospel dispensation. Well, listen, Peter had the key to the kingdom Long before this. And he opened the, he turned that key. He used it. And he preached on the day of Pentecost. And he, and his second sermon and his sermons throughout the book that's recorded of him in the book of Acts tells him that uh, this is what Joel said. This is what David prophesied. This is what uh, is meant in the scriptures of the Old Testament. God hath raised him up and, and to set him down on the right hand of the throne of God, you see. Now, Peter was looking for and, and, and hastening, wanted Christ to return. The scoffer says all things continue as it were. Now, brother, these scoffers, after this earth melts with fervent heat and the heavens pass away, where is the scoffers going to stand up then and say, "Why the earth is the same as it was"? See, but if you if you say that, interpret the the judgment, the destruction of this uh, of the heavens and the earth to be figurative. If it has to do with the Ten Commandments or the Law of Moses or or the Old Testament, why well, where would the destruction of a book cause the scoffers? To look out and say that all things continue. The sun's in its shape. The stars still go. The sun comes up. Night comes. Seasons come. They said everything's going along. And yet here are here you people are preaching that, that the uh, earth is going to come to an end someday. It's going to be swallowed up. It's going to be burned up. You're talking about Jesus coming back. Where is his coming? Everything. There's nothing to indicate that he's coming. That it's near. And Peter answers uh, that kind of argument. But I'm showing you how foolish to me that it that that to make uh, this judgment upon the earth and the heaven to be figurative by the by the questions raised by the scoffers. Now uh, he says that the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt. With the fervent heat, the earth also, and the works that are therein. 
Now, brother, that means that means everything. That means all these books that people have been have written. Now, I mean good books. That means tables. That means chairs. That means every automobile. The finest thing that most expensive uh, thing that man has ever made is going to be go up in smoke. All right. Now, uh, in uh, let's turn back to Rev- uh, Revelation twenty-one, one. Now, the argument for the, the people that make for uh, that God's going to create a new heaven and a new earth that it's going to come uh, out of nothing. He, they, they reason that. The first earth was made out of nothing. Therefore, they, by reason, they say the second earth is going to be made out of nothing. The first heaven was made out of nothing. God created, brought it into being, spoke it. And, uh, and that the second heaven, or this new heaven, will be made out of nothing. But uh, that, uh, as far as I'm concerned... Uh, it is not a major issue in in prophecy. Uh, whatever it is, but I can't uh, I can't quite uh, uh, accept the view that the earth is going to be uh, that the new earth is going to be a new creation for this fact for this reason. The doctrine of the resurrection. If you believe in. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, literally, and I know uh, people among us, I mean ministers in time past, they've denied what I'm fixing to say, uh, and many have contended for what I'm saying very strongly, and and, uh, I guess one equally divided. But when a man dies... According to 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says it, referring to the body, was a corruptible body. It's, it, 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 it's, it's sown. Now, he didn't say it's buried. He said it's sown. Every time that uh, he uh, gave a different quality to the body... He used the word sown. When you sow something, you expect it to come up. If you sow a body, you expect that body to come up. You sow a grain of corn, you're not looking for wheat, are you? But the very idea of sowing carries with it a coming up. And what is sown is what comes up, though it's going to be changed. Yet it that is sown, it is raised. Paul makes that affirmation. It is sown, it is raised. What is raised? Not a body from heaven. There are those that teach, well, when a man dies, he's going to get a new body. He's going to get a body... Uh, and and their, their scripture is Second Corinthians 5. Uh, but, 
uh, but you're not going to get a body when you when you die. The body is coming. The body that dies, that body is going to rise again. Oh, I don't understand it. I don't understand how this fire is going to uh, take care of the Pacific Ocean. I don't know how long it'll take God to with that fire to consume the Pacific and the Atlantic and the Gulf and the Persian and and the Adriatic, and the Aegean, the North Sea and the Caspian and uh, and all of the seas of the world. He could do it in a second. He might spread it out over a period of time. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. The Bible says it is sown and it is raised, but it doesn't tell you how long between the sowing and the, and the raising, does it? I don't understand it, but I believe it. But I read a man the other day and said, well now, all right, now, the point I'm making is this. If it's sown, if the body is raised, you've got something that was not destroyed that's going to live on the new earth. See? That was, that's come from the earth. You've got bodies that's, that drowned at sea, was consumed and eaten by the fish, went back into the sea, it's coming up from the sea. God's not going to create a new body and give to that man that died. I don't believe in a creation. I believe in a resurrection. A resurrection is the causing of that which fell to stand to rise again. See? And yet, you can read uh, in our magazines where well, the, the Lord, all right, uh, the Lord that says, oh, it, it pleased the Lord to give it a body according to whatever he wants. He said, all right, here's a man died. He can give him a body any way he wants to. That's not what he's talking about. There are different, there's a, a fish. It has its own body. There's a fowl. It's got its own body. Here's a man. It's got its own body. Here's a beast. It's got its body. Don't mix them. That's what he's talking about. He's, instead of being an argument uh, that this, each star in the heavens differs from one another, so would it be in the resurrection. Yet, it's the same body that, 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 that was buried. No two bodies now are alive. To read why you have fingerprints. Take your, take your fingerprints and, 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 and they, they'll only match yours, you won't. It won't match out with somebody else. So, I'm saying that if the body is resurrected, to me that's uh, at least proof, suggestive proof, proof weighty enough to infer that the when the earth passes away, that uh, that there's something that lived upon the old earth that's going to live upon the new earth. Now, of course, the resurrection precedes the, uh, uh, the, uh, the conflagration, the destruction. But yet, it died, you see, and it came forth. 
I'm just saying that that suggests. I'm not offering that, that that, well, that proves the case, that proves the point. But, uh, I, I believe that, uh, that's necessary to, to think about that. Alright? Now, we, we're certainly, uh, uh, talking about something that's future. We're talking some, about something that's certain, something that's final, something that's just, and, uh, and, and something that's gonna be, as far as I'm concerned, eternal. Through it for eternity. A new heaven and a new earth. Alright, let's look, uh, and, uh, the next clause in the first verse is, and there was no more sea. Now Genesis 1.10, and I might call attention to these things, and, uh, uh, and we might stop with that first verse, if you want to, or we can go further. But now, hold to Revelation, the last two chapters here, and turn to Genesis and look at the first two chapters. And uh, whichever way, I don't know, whichever way be uh, we, uh, the most uh, interesting to, uh, to compare this, and there was no more sea. Genesis 1, 10, uh, describes the, uh, what occurred on the third day of creation. And God, verse 10 says, Genesis 1, 10, and God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas. And God saw that it was good. But now, in Revelation 21.1, there was no more sea, no more gathering together of the waters which he called seas, you see, in, in Genesis 1. All right? In Genesis 1.1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Revelation 21.1 says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Uh, in Genesis 1.5, And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. But look at the 25th verse of chapter 21. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. All right, look at uh, uh, Genesis 1.16. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the sun, uh, to ru rule the night. Uh, now look at Revelation 22.23. Twenty-one, twenty-three, and the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon. Now that's your two great lights that He made in the beginning, created in the beginning. See, and the Lord made the the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light tonight. Well, what's He talking about? The sun and the moon. All right, and the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon. All right. Uh, 
Then in uh, in in Genesis uh, chapter two, uh, verse ten, and a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and came into forehead. A river. Uh, man lived originally at the beginning by a river. See? In uh, 22.1 And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as a crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. I look at uh, uh, Revelation uh, 21-25. No, or did we look at that one? And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day. Yeah, for there shall be no night there. All right, Genesis 1-5. Uh, yeah, we, we read that. We, we noticed that one, didn't we? Uh, about the Lord creating, making the night. And the Lord... Uh, and God called the light day and the darkness he called night. See, all right, we have in Genesis uh, the creation, in Revelation uh, the uh, the end. In other words, you could you could put the book of Revelation in the place of uh, of Exodus, and you'd you you you'd get a you'd see these stories. Uh, you 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 have the beginning of. Uh, of these different, uh, of what God created, you have the beginning of civilization and so on. You, in, in Revelation, you find how it ends. You have the beginning of cities being built, how they got together and we're going to build a city, you know. Well, then you, you see how the cities end. You have two great cities, uh, the one represented by the, the great harlot and the other, the city of God. As we'll uh, notice when we get to the to the ninth verse of chapter twenty-one, and also to verse two of chapter twenty-one. But all right, in uh, uh, in Revelation twenty-two two, it says, "In the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, was there a tree of life." All right, in Genesis three. Uh, 22 in it. Yeah. And the Lord, and the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put forth his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live for hearts. You got, there you have the beginning of the tree of life. Over here you have the tree of life. Introduced again in the last book of the Bible, or the final in the new heavens and the new earth. I'd look at uh, uh, verse uh, twenty-two, uh, Revelation twenty-two three says, "And there shall be no more curse." All right, in Genesis three uh, three seventeen, or is it nineteen three? One or the other, I believe. Uh, yeah, in uh, 17. Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. Now there is the, the uh, earth cursed. 
over in Revelation 22, upon the new earth, uh, and no more curse. All right, look at Revelation 3, uh, 16, and unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow or thy pain. But in Revelation 21, uh, 4, there shall be no more tears, see? God shall wipe away uh, tears. There shall be no more uh, sorrow nor crying. In other words, the end of the pain. You know, now we've got uh, we've got pain pills. We've got uh, uh, puny pills and, and pretty pills and every, every, everything else. See? But now, uh, in in that day, uh, there will be no more pain, no more uh, no more sorrow. Alright. Uh, in, in verse, uh, in, in, in verse 20, is it 21? Man, yeah, he will, uh, Revelation 21, 3, and, uh, God himself shall be with them. In other words, uh, but there's one point, there's another verse that's even clearer. Yeah, I was looking for verse 4 of chapter 22. And they shall see his face. All right, in Genesis chapter 3, uh, the, the Bible says, So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east end of the garden. In other words, he put man from his presence in the Garden of Eden. See, so he drove out to man. But now in the new heavens, upon the new heaven, where uh, and there shall uh, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads, and there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. In other words, the first earth, they were driven out before his face. In Revelation, they behold his face. No man has seen the face of God since. From Genesis till the time of Revelation. Look at all of the examples, especially with Moses upon the mountain. Now, God, uh, uh, the Lord Jesus came into the world. And even in Old Testament times, he appeared as the angel of the Lord at several, at, at different times. But only by his incarnation, that is, his birth, did he reveal, manifest God. And, and he was placed, uh, according to his own statement, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. Not this uh, a likeness, because he was sent to reveal the Father, to make him manifest. Not, uh, not the Father, face to face. That's why uh, the Lord uh, became man, so that we could look upon him. Now, no man looks upon the face of God as a result of sin. That means we've got a new heaven and a new earth. You've got one, not only... Not only uh, will there be a man, uh, will there be a change, a new man, a new body, see, 
course, it's the same man, but raised, instead of being corruptible, he's incorruption. Instead of being put in a grave, helpless, can't wait on itself, he's going to be raised in power, honor. See, instead of a natural body, it's going to be a spiritual body. Study, body is not spirit. Didn't say spirit body, but a spiritual body. Dominated by the spirit, controlled by the spirit. Spiritual in its quality. Not some invisible something flying through the air. Because it, it uh, uh, of course, that's hard to understand, uh, to understand spirit and body. For the spirit that has no body, they're contradictory terms. And yet that's what the new man is going to be. Uh, and he'll be uh, on a, a new earth. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share with a friend. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord.